Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And Kyle, uh, we had lots of questions, I think, about what this Vikings team would do. Uh, A little bit of scoreboard watching earlier in the day, uh, seeing how the Rams did, how Seattle did, how uh, that NFC South division did and certainly some mixed results but at the end of the day the vikings came into last night with control of their own destiny uh and then that happened um yeah yeah scale of one to ten i maybe i just how um how discouraging is that result given kind of what was at stake yeah i think probably like an eight or a nine and maybe the reason why it's less discouraging, well, I mean, a couple reasons at least. One is you can explain away at least some of it because of the injuries. And I know the Packers had their own injuries, but they're still starting with their top quarterback, and they're not cycling through four in the same season. So that alone kind of puts Green Bay at an advantage. Um, so that explains a lot. Of it. And that is a legitimate excuse to a, you know, a certain extent. And partner that with the fact that the Vikings haven't really been playing well. You know what I mean? Like they beat the Raiders coming out of the bye three, nothing, you know, like a hockey game. Uh, and since then they've just lost, right? Like they lost the two going into the bye. They've lost every other game since the bye, apart from the Raiders. Right. So expectations really shouldn't have been sky high, right? They should have been fairly modest. And so maybe that puts it at an eight or nine, but as you mentioned, Seahawks lost. And so with that loss, the Steelers won. Pittsburgh did their part. Mike Tomlin used to be a Vikings employee, was a Vikings coach before he was a Pittsburgh coach. Did Minnesota a solid? Tomlin, amazing, right? So the Vikings, once again, have full control over their playoff destiny. Seahawks lose. All the Vikings need to do is win two games. You win two games, you're in. Guaranteed. Nobody can change that. They end up losing so they've 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 since given that away, and so in that sense, it is I think very discouraging for Vikings fans. Uh, yeah, it it is, and like I don't know, it it does just feel um, well, very Vikings esque. Uh, totally, and, and I guess I uh, maybe I'll jump ahead a little bit, and then we'll jump back to the the game. But what what would you say is the most Vikings way for Week eighteen to go? Because Again, they still uh, they still have a chance yeah. to to make yeah. the playoffs. Is it is it that you know what everything works in their favor that they could win uh, and yeah. get in and and it they they bungle it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like, right on like a missed kick at the end, maybe or something. Yeah, yeah. like because again, I think depending on where you look, odds are probably somewhere between. I, I know on the broadcast last night, last night I think they said three percent. Uh, yeah. Sure. That seems about right. Yeah. Right. Which Low is, single digits. Yeah. Which is not nothing, but it's also basically nothing. Yeah. It's not good. It's certainly not where you want to be going into week 18. I mean, it's good if you're playing the lottery. It's very bad if you're trying to be a playoff team in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So especially when you consider how high that percentage was a month and a half ago. Right. Or something along those lines. Yeah. So, you know, within that context, it's quite poor. Uh, the most Vikings way to 
man, I don't know if it's a heartbreak. I mean, at this point, if you say the oh, friggin' classy Vikings would be if they just completely no show again. The defense just once again craps the bed. Just complete no show. Disaster, right? And then there's this uncertainty at QB where the head coach who used to be an NFL quarterback seemingly doesn't have a handle on the quarterback situation for his team. Uh, and I get it. I get it. Kirk Cousins is kind of the the antidote to this. But uh, that antidote's not coming back. Not for this season, at least. So it's it's that maybe is the best or the most classic kind of Vikings way for this to end is some sort of disastrous no-show where there's some flip-flop and a QB and maybe even a chance. Somehow there's a glimmer of hope. You have the flip-flop, a QB. Things go poorly. Somehow it's still close. One score games, the Vikings do, right? And then uh, some sort of mess with a field goal. That would be yeah. classic Vikings. Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned it. There's a couple of different factors there. And I think, like, yeah. I'm curious for you how you would diagnose last night. Because, again, I, like, it It felt, um, I, I don't know, I felt, started off great even with, you got Kirk Cousins up there uh, leading the <laughs> chant. Right. Yeah. That's like, fantastic. It's like, yeah, yeah. man, okay, let's build off of off of some of that energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then felt like, again, you, you had those first couple drives for each team where uh, not a whole lot's happening. And then it just felt like it was all Packers from there. And so I guess yeah. I'm curious, like, you, you, you get brought in, you're supposed to diagnose the situation. And you mentioned quarterback play uh, ever since, uh, well, I don't know. It's what is, it's been several weeks where you said like, it doesn't even feel like, like I'm trying to think about how many games a quarterback has had the full game uh, at this point, right? Since the, like there, there's just been, there's been flip flopping back and forth. So you talk about the quarterback play, uh, you talk about the defense, a defense that going to move into this. You said like from some metrics, a top 10 defense to really poor as of late. Um, stunningly poor like like stunning right and so like i think there's some obvious things even like last night felt like the offensive line uh was was yeah. really struggling as well like yeah and you mentioned the coaching too like i think there's some real face value uh like some things you can see very up front that went wrong with this team but like i don't know is it just that or is there something else or because like again, this is um, even you, you talk about the injuries to the Vikings have, but like it felt like the Vikings were in a spot with the two top two corners for the Packers being out, or two of the top two corners for sure. Jay yeah. Alexander uh, is there. Like I was like, yeah. maybe Jefferson, if you can get Jefferson the ball, like could this be a two hundred yard game? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Let this like, dude feast. Yeah. Is, is there is there an alternative diagnosis here, or is it just you know what, this is who the Vikings are and and uh, that that's what we have to live with. The Vikings weren't as bad as they showed last time. Part of the reason why they were so bad is because of the injuries. And again, I know it's, it's such a stupid excuse. Everyone has injuries. The Packers have a lot of injuries, right? That's at least part of the equation, okay? Kevin O'Connell spoke after the game began with blame for himself as the head coach. That makes sense. And kind of just, I think from there, it just kind of permeates the entire team. Najee Thompson was sensational. 
He was a sensational player last night. But you couldn't find too many guys who you say, that guy did his job basically perfectly. Najee Thompson did his job perfectly. Um, but there aren't too many. And you like move through the coaching into the players themselves. Uh, stunningly poor effort. Um, that was a Donatellian defense, right? Guys just running free in the secondary, you know, just as completely uninspired. And you're kind of like, I'm, I'm watching there and saying, like, is a Caleb Evans, like, is his confidence just like totally scorched, right? Like, he got pulled last week. Ryan Flores was asked about Evans specifically leading up to the game, you know, who he'd be fine. And Flores says, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be good. And then the Packers just repeatedly picked on. Right. And and successfully. Right. And this is your CB2. Without Byron Murphy, he's now your CB1. He's your top corner. Right. Long and strong. Generally, he's a pretty good tackler. Physical. Right. A lot of hope for the future with the Caleb Evans with the Vikings. You're looking at ideally a long term CB2. He's he's probably not going to become, you know, a, a top top shelf corner like Jair Alexander, maybe. But you're thinking maybe he's. Maybe he's a big part of that, where he's that second corner, and he just got roasted last night. But everybody got roasted. You know, and the Vikings were forced into some strange personnel where they were like, you know, they'd have Jordan Hicks and Ivan Pace in the field at the same time, alongside three D tackles, a couple of edge rushers, and like the only corner on the field would be Evans and then the safeties, right? And Cameron Bynum, who flexed out wide, who, in fairness, he was a college corner, but he's been an NFL safety, right? So you get this sense of, the defense was a little disjointed and we're kind of massaging the personnel. We're trying to kind of make it work. But like even within that heavier look where you got a lot of safeties, a lot of the big boys up front, you're still getting scorched on the ground. Like Aaron, Aaron Jones is still having a field day. Right. And so that's where it felt very Donatellian in that they really had no capacity to stop what the Packers were doing, um, which is unfortunate because it just made for such painful viewing experience and sometimes the the way that things were being played how soft the coverage was how much respect at times they were giving to the Packers receivers just felt absurd uh absurd so it was that that I think was very 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 discouraging I think to watch yeah it was and I I guess one of the things that I I think of is again we know that the playoffs odds the playoff odds are not it's not zero, but it's it's low, and so there is a little bit of a building to next year and figuring yeah. out where are you, how are you going to get better for next year. Uh, what are you building off of? And I think up until a couple of weeks ago, even though their record had been great, there was some nice pieces on defense where it felt like you know what things have been good. Uh, there is something to yeah. build off of, yeah. and I think the the discouraging thing I think is especially because of how sports work and the recency bias, uh, I think there was some questions you felt like, you know what, well, maybe there are some pieces here to build off, especially at that corner position, which just continues to be a question where yep. there's just, it's not that it's bad, it's just inconsistent. Uh, and you're just not exactly sure what you're going to get. And now, again, you mentioned Evans, certainly not uh, a great last uh, few weeks in, in terms of performance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, like, I don't know how much more there is to talk about last night. Like, there was a lot of, a lot of bad. Uh, it was a <laughs> yeah, really discouraging right. no-show. <laughs> that's so, right. Um, yeah. 
Uh, we could talk about bad. We could talk about the quarterback position at the end of the day. Just all like really, Mullins, Hall, and Dobbs have all shown flashes of good quarterback play, and they have all shown that they are not starters in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and that you need a, a Kirk Cousins. Um, let Let me ask you this question: Like, sure. who who do you roll out week eighteen? Like, do you like Mullins? Like, Mullins. Mullins, my gosh. That's what they should have been this week. Friggin' Nick Mullins. That's the answer. Let, let me Sorry. let me let me throw out this. You throw out Dobbs just saying, you know what, thanks for the memories. Thank you for thank Ugh. you for a great uh a great time. I no, I, I do think it is Mullins, and I think you see what happened last night, and um I don't know. Like could the game have been different if Mullins was in? At least the offense moves. At least the question is there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's perfect, but gosh darn it, we talked about this. Justin Jefferson's a Ferrari, right? Have somebody who can put fuel in the tanks, right? Squandering Justin Jefferson, that should be like the unforgivable sin. Even, even beyond throwing interceptions or, or fumbling the ball, not giving your elite playmakers with Jefferson being the elite playmaker, maybe in the NFL at large, not having a quarterback who can give those dudes a shot is like that. That's it, right? And I, especially as you look ahead to 2024, okay, you get an offense first head coach. Kevin O'Connell's not being fun. So if, if you're a Vikes fan, you're thinking that that's a, that's a stupid thought. That's not happening. Okay, so Kevin O'Connell's coming back. You've got Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson. When healthy, that could quite possibly be the best trio of pass catchers in the NFL, right? When healthy. Okay. If those three were healthy the whole full year, they're probably all clearing a thousand yards, which would have been a first in franchise history. Right. And then you get your two tackles and so on and so forth. There's a lot of great pieces here in this offense. Which quarterback is going to be able to make a go? If that's Kirk cousins, if it's a high quarterback in the draft, you cannot squander prime years of Justin Jefferson prime years of TJ Hawkinson and Addison, who's already very, very good. You can't you can't waste away one, two, three, however many years of these guys being at this level. So the answer in the short term is Nick Mullins. Because Nick Mullins, he he's just he's a veteran. He's he started plenty and he'll just freaking go for it. You know, he'll he'll throw the oh no pass. That turns into, oh, yes, that was fantastic. And he'll throw the oh no pass of, holy crap, that was horrendous. But at least he'll throw the pass and give his dudes a shot. That Nick, Nick Mullins is the answer. It's it's crazy in a sense that Jaron Hall was the pick going into, I, I thought Mullins was going to be the, the choice going into week 17. And it just would have been a much cleaner operation if you announced Mullins. And if Mullins totally flops, then it's just a single change to Jaron Hall. So be it. So be it, right? But then going Hall first and then having to yank Hall and then put Mullins back in. And you're talking about the point with Hall is to develop this kid into a long-term backup. That That's what the Vikings basically said when they drafted him in the fifth round. We want a long-term backup. And, you know, one bad half and getting pulled isn't going to necessarily underplay. Okay? But, man, that's not a good look. And that can't be good for the confidence. And so, friggin' Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is the answer in Week 18. I, I can't imagine they arrive at any other conclusion. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's 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 my rant. The answer is Mullins, <laughs> for goodness sake. 
it, yeah, I, I think it is. And I think like what I would say is again, playoffs long shot. Oh yeah. But you do need to make sure that like and we've talked about this actually really early on in the season. Uh you talk about getting Jefferson the ball. Like you really want this dude not going into the offseason completely dejected and completely frustrated. And again, Jefferson's come out and he's talked a lot about uh well not a lot but he, he has mentioned Kirk Cousins even uh, after last week's performance just saying you know what need this this guy uh and I so I, I don't know I think we will have more conversations about the quarterback oh, yeah. situation oh, yeah. in the offseason uh there certainly is, <laughs> is that uh, it's, it's coming it's coming but yeah if it's not Cousins you really need to get this right uh um, have to nail it have to like, yep. like you it, there is like very little room for uh little very little margin for error here like if it's yeah. not cousins uh you need to make sure that that it is an absolute yeah. uh perfect uh yeah. not no one's perfect but but a good decision that because the the last thing you need is is jefferson to be frustrated and and to to want out um 24 hasn't yet signed his mega extension yeah keep this dude happy like just and, and not just keep him happy but like win football games let him produce that is as important as it gets if you're the vikings organization yeah yeah uh well let's let's do this because again it, it does feel a little bit like we're almost moving to offseason mode while also realizing yeah not quite there <laughs> that's yet right. that's right um, yeah that's right yeah so i i do think it's probably worth noting that yesterday ends up being uh, the last Vikings home game of the season. Uh, and there is definitely some notable free agents. Uh, again, you mentioned yep. Jefferson's contract situation. Uh, certainly, you, you kind of wonder what uh, hopefully an extension looks like. Um, but again, there's some there's some key Vikings players that have been around for a while that um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have they played their last Vikings game? Oh, Vikings home game, really, I should say. Yeah. Okay. So, quick note on Jefferson. He's still under contract, so don't misunderstand what Sam's saying. And I don't. I don't think that's what Sam. No. Is no. No. But you just just note he's got his fifth year option. He's got one more year, and we're largely looking to uh, avoid discontent, right? You know, and and that dragging into the offseason. I think that's what Sam's trying to say. Actual free agents, there are plenty, right? Including Kirk Cousins, Daniel Hunter, uh, Marcus Davenport finds himself in there. Harrison Smith isn't a free agent. But his cap hit is such that he, there's no way he's coming back unless there's an adjustment. I think he's making about 19.2 or going to account for 19.2 next year on the cap. And at 35 years old, soon to be, and you already have Blind and Metellus playing pretty well for pretty cheap, there's just zero chance, zero chance that Harrison Smith comes back to that cap figure. And so, you know, what does that mean? You know, what do they do with Jordan Hicks, right? What do they do with. Blake Brendel or David Quasenberry. What do they do with Johnny Muntz, KJ Osborne, Brandon Powell? Right, these are all players who are going to be unrestricted free agents, and the Vikings have to make their decision. When Quasey, so Quasey was first hired end of January 2022, and since then, you kind of see the decisions kind of setting up the 2024 offseason as this like major reset transition. And we're kind of, in, you know, and like, kind of, here we are. Like, it's officially 2024. Sam and I are recording in the morning of 2024. And the off season, as Sam just mentioned, is like kind of almost here. Not not quite, 
but we kind of see the writing on the wall. The Vikings are going for it this year. Even if they get into the playoffs, oh boy, it's going to be uh, an interesting first round if they do. Point being, offseason's almost here. Huge decisions, right? And then also within that, a lot of cap space, far more than Vikings fans are going to be accustomed to seeing. A lot of draft picks. They got nine draft picks right now. Very possible they add more. And so it's just going to be fascinating to see. Um, like it's possible that was Harrison Smith's last home game, for instance, right? It's possible that was Daniel Hunter's last home game, uh, you know, and, and kind of down the line, right? And then you have Harrison Phillips. Is he going to come back for nearly $9 million? You know, You know what I mean? Like you have players like that, say, who it's kind of, you kind of look at the the budget and think, Okay, what's the GM thinking in this instance? Um, this was a rebuild rebuild year for the defense, and even with the recent awful performances, they've still far far exceeded expectations, no doubt about it. Uh, but there are clear talent deficiencies. Um, who gets let go? Who gets brought in? These are kind of some of the questions. Uh, one game left in the season. That's all that's guaranteed. We will see. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I, I don't know how Sam's supposed to react because I like I'll go on like a four minute monologue with like seven different points, and then Sam will just have to go in there and pick up the wreckage of some sort of incoherent thought. No, it is. I like. I think it is worth noting. Like you mentioned, definitely some unique situations, and you look at uh, like Neil Hunter hasn't had a phenomenal season. Uh, Harrison Smith has uh, been just. A backbone uh, on this defense for yeah, so many years. It's amazing. Uh, again, Kirk Cousins, fascinating situation, and it is again when you look at uh, football. I it just it's always it always stands out to me just how um, ruthless almost you kind of need to be in these situations. Like, oh yeah, you, you have yeah. these guys, and and cutting a player doesn't mean that they're not good anymore. It just means that at the cap number that they're at yep. with where the team is at. Uh, it just doesn't make yep. sense. And so it's, yep, exactly. it always is just a fascinating experience to see. It's not it's not to say that you're not good anymore. It's not to say that we don't want you anymore. It's just the, there is such a numbers game in terms of the financial situation. Exactly. Uh, and I think we talked about just like, what do you do in terms of, uh, again, you can make cap hits low and add void years and, and yep, do that. Exactly. And you, but you got to make sure the player's worth doing that for because uh, it's not without consequences. So, uh, yeah, we, we that will could be a different podcast episode. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, maybe we can wrap it there unless you have any final thoughts on, uh, on Vikings or anything as you look ahead to the final line. thought, final thought that'll shoehorn in is just right now. If, if the, if the season ended today and up until recently, it would have ended today because we just recently expanded 17 games. Uh, the Vikings will be picking 12th in the draft. So keep that in the back of your minds. And there's a chance, small chance, but still a chance they could finish with a top 10 pick if they were to lose and other teams won and so on and so forth. So just keep keep that in mind right now as you kind of look ahead uh, and dream about what kind of amazing talent could be coming coming to Minnesota and calling E. Um, 12th right now is, is where they find themselves. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's a question. Like, I think in some ways, again, I... I can't really bring myself to to cheer for a loss, but there is some um, some comfort that can be brought in a loss, uh, knowing that. Yep. Theoretically, it improves the draft stock. Uh, yeah. 
again, what's yeah. the difference between those those picks? It, it might not be much, uh, but also depending on who's picking in front of you and the needs that they have, uh, it, yeah, it it could matter. So it we'll, could. Uh, yeah, it definitely could. Yep. We will see uh, see what happens. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, Kyle mentioned I probably could have started with this. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. Be back next week. Hope everyone has a, a great, uh, yeah, a great week, and uh, we'll be back next Monday. Thanks. Bye.